Hey, Peter. Hey, can we finally talk about what we've been reading? I've been waiting so long. Yes, I just finished the Encyclopedia of the Blues. And I'm Peter Martin. You're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music advice and inspiration for life coming at I you. I mean, you just do what you want. You do you, man. It's your 50th birthday today. You know Peter, come it's on. It's still my it. birthday. It's been my birthday for like a, for a I week. I know. Man. It's like it's like two weeks later on the podcast, <laughs> but we're still recording this on your 50th birthday. It's amazing. Man, it's amazing. I'm, I'm having fun, man. I, I appreciate you. I appreciate the listeners. I appreciate the whole Open Studio fam, the You'll Hear It family. I'm getting messages Hi. from... Fantastic musicians, but more importantly, fantastic people. Mark Whitfield sending me a message. Jeff hey, Clapp, hey. Elio Alves, Ruben Rogers, Christian McBride. Come on now. Happy birthday, my man. Love you, Pedro. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Speaking of Christian McBride, we is this will the course be out when this is being heard? We don't know. I think it's out this week. It's, okay. Uh, Christian it's coming Mc, soon. In Christian McBride, case. your sound is your signature. Is oh, the I name love of the that course. Title. It's Christian McBride. Really breaking down some amazing stuff on the bass. And, you know, he's joined by Carl Allen on drums. That's right. The newest member of the Open Studio fam. This guy is so swinging. So swinging. Have you played a lot with Carl? I played, yeah, I played over the years quite a bit. And um, I just, he's one of my favorites. Actually, there's a certain kind of tune. There's several kinds of tunes that I would rather play with nobody else besides him because he makes it so, feel so good at the same time as making you sound so good as a pianist. Yeah. And I know Christian feels the same way. That's why when we talked about what about having a drummer, if we can do the social distancing and figure it out, he was just like, see if Carl's available. And that he, was like a no brainer. He's one of those musicians that makes everybody around him better. Yeah. He? yeah. And it's, if you ever get a chance to hang out with him as a person, it's the same thing. That's, cool. that's what I consider great technique on your instrument. When your personality comes out so well, so, you know, sometimes that's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing in, in Carl's uh, case. Now, he's from Milwaukee. That's the only thing going oh, that's against him at this. That's yeah, that is a drag. Hometown of. Just kidding. Uh, I love you, Milwaukee. Milwaukee's hometown great. of Liberace and um, Jeffrey Dahmer as well. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> go, go, Brewers. You're not selling it. <laughs> and Carl Allen, more importantly. Uh, so, yesterday we were, or the, or the last episode, we were supposed to do this recent reads, right? On, yes. on all the nonfiction we've been reading, but we got sidetracked yes. uh, with a, a listener's angry email, which we wanted to address. And I, I hope we did an okay job with that. But let's go back to Scott's question and talk about what we've been reading because you and I have been both reading a lot of, well, we'll talk about it. But Scott says, I've heard both Peter and Adam allude to some of the nonfiction they have been reading lately. After checking out Atomic Habits, following a recommendation from Adam, I found myself enjoying other similar works, such as Grit by Angela duckworth and peak by anders erickson and robert Poole. i am wondering if you would consider producing an episode where you discuss some recent reads and how you use some of the information in your life and music making i think it's a great idea pete for an episode we were talking uh, before we started recording about like you know all the things we're reading in another era they would be maybe like self-help you know in the yeah. new york times self-help section or yeah. something you know and they but, might even be on the same shelf space like by yeah. dare i say l ron hubbard's works sure, perhaps yeah, yeah. but now into some controversial area all the stuff we're reading has a has a, a distinct techie vibe like a, yeah. a, a, a silicon valley tech bro a little bit of a ceo of a of yeah. a fledgling <laughs> online music company yeah a little bit of a cd kind of like you know VC, you know, running off to the Cayman Islands during a pandemic, kind of a flair to them. Yeah, th- think, a, think but a, in a positive way. Think a button-down Oxford shirt with a Patagonia vest over it. <laughs> oh God, is there anything worse than that? <laughs> tech bro, tech bro. So that's so the, but we've been reading a lot of them, and and I have actually some really really good recommendations. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, 
Scott, you mentioned Atomic Habits, uh, which is by uh, what's that guy's name? James Clear. James Clear. James yeah, Clear. Yeah. Fantastic. Which is really, it's really terrific um, about about just really the, the thing that I I think I got the most. You've read Atomic Habits yeah. as well, yeah, too. Yeah. The thing that really stuck out with me for that. I mean, it, we were talking about this too. That it's like you don't actually have to read the entirety no. of all of these books. In no. fact, most of them fizzle out after about chapter eight or nine. <laughs> That's right. They get yes, to their, you're just filling up the space. It's at that true. Point. Like then they get well, into the research and blah, blah, blah. It's blah. reinforcement. It is reinforcement. Yeah. But, but you can, you can actually get a great deal of, uh, of the inside of the book from the first 10 chapters. Or from like an eight minute YouTube, like explainer video. Certainly possible. <laughs> Let's not even talk about that. But Atomic Habits for me was, was a huge thing because one of the, the things that I still think of in, about with this is to, First of all, it's the the hierarchy of our identity, our behavior, and our habits, right? So, like, really, if we want to change our our circumstances, we actually have to change who we are. Yeah. And to do that, we have to change how we think and our behaviors. And uh, I, that concept to me is something that's, I mean, it seems like innately obvious, but after kind of implementing it for the last few months, it really is true. Like if you can, if you could actually kind of come up with your grand goal yeah. of, of the kind of life you want to live, right? Like of, of where you see yourself, not the things that you have or, or the money or anything like that, but actually how you see yourself living your day to day life yep. in the not too distant future. What is, what's the, what's the gap between that person who you, the, the life you want to live, like actually live, not right. just have, but live and where you are now. And it's really just a matter of a few small mental shifts and, and changing a few habits every day, yep. like really focusing on some things. And, and two of the things that stuck out, techniques that stuck out for me that I think about every day is make it easy and make it obvious. Yep. So if there's something that I want to be doing to make my life better, like I know that exercising every day makes me feel better. It makes me more productive. It makes me in a better mood. I'm right. I'm I'm better at you know working here at Open Studio. I'm I come up with more ideas for music. I'm sweeter to my wife and family right. as opposed more to more energy. Yeah, I've got yeah. more energy. So I know that this is a good thing. Now right. I'm traditionally not been an exerciser per se. But if I in make, the traditional sense of the word, meaning you go out to exercise in the in the traditional thing. <laughs> but two things from Atomic Habits has changed my life of, of this, and I've exercised every day for the last six months. I make it easy. I make it obvious. So yeah. I make it easy, meaning that I have a tendency. I don't know about you, but I have a tendency if I'm going to go exercise. Well, I got to run a half marathon, <laughs> or I've got to run right. three miles, yeah. or I've got to no run. pain, no gain, no pain, no gain, no pain, no gain. I've got to push myself beyond my limits every time, <laughs> and I cut that out. So now it's like, I have to do something for 30 minutes. I could go for a walk around my neighborhood as easy as I like. It doesn't matter. Right. And some days I'm, I do that. If I don't feel like working out, I'll just, at least I go for a walk yeah. and I get that exercise, you know? And some days I run for five miles and I try to push my time, you know, and those days feel great. And then I make it obvious. I keep my running shoes right next to the front door. Right. And I'm all, they're always ready to go. I always make sure that I have running clothes and, and things to go outside ready to go. That's it. No, it's great stuff, and I'm I'm just remembering because um, I read it not long ago, but a couple of years ago, and the Atomic Habits. What's great? What's great about that? It it gives you, well, you alluded to at the beginning of your description. It's like we are who we're a combination of the habits that like that's actually the essence of who we are. Right. Like he doesn't necessarily he talks about that and he tells some great stories and I love his you know way he he weaves different things from his own life and other people, 
but it's also like it's a very grounded book in terms of telling you specific techniques and even little little hacks like keep your shoes you know make it obvious keep your floss by that i think i remember he talked about that or whatever but it all adds up to and he's never that far away from that uh description of the the concept of that we are a combination of the actions that we take we we aren't what we say we are we're what we say and actually do like that's what makes up who we are and I, i i always saw great um you know correlation to becoming a better musician like the habits that we have to do to work on music to get better as a pianist to get better better on your instrument to get better with your ear training these specific things like that's a culmination so much more of like what we actually do and who we are like that becomes who we are like we're a, a practicer just like with your daily guided practicing people you can see those folks that are there they're like maybe they were before maybe they weren't but like now they're practicers yeah. like that's what they do but, but they they embody that because they do it, you know, and it's not that they've hit you hit a certain level and you get a certificate from Adam saying, no, you, you're showing up every day. And if you miss a day, you're not missing two days. You know, like you're the process is in place. You're in the habit of practicing. You are a practicer, just like you're in the habit of exercise. You're an exerciser. You're a runner because you go out and run, not because right. you know that it's good. It's, it's beyond just the intellectual or emotional attachment to it. It's the manifestation of who you are based on what you're doing. And well, he's and got so many great techniques on how you get there. That's right. The shifting of your identity was a big one to me. You have to convince your subconscious mind that this is who you are. If this yeah. is actually who you think you are. And and go through and do a little checklist of like, do I actually think it's true that I'm a musician? Do I believe that I can be uh, you know, playing music for the rest of my life at a high level? Yeah. I should I need to examine that. Examine it and you're gonna find probably that it is true and, and possible. And then once your subconscious is convinced, you don't have to use willpower to practice. Just no. make it easy, make it obvious, and you are already convinced. Like right. that's that's as as easy as it gets. Another example is I was I was um, struggling with like listening to music for recreation. As weird as that sounds, because we do so much around here at Open right. Studio as far as making courses, and yep. I do so much playing and writing that sometimes like a break from music is my is my, you know, I'm off, I clock out of work, you know, and I like don't want to listen to music, but I really missed listening to music for fun. And so I had this elaborate Bluetooth setup on my stereo <laughs> and I had to like unplug stuff right. to put my, my record player in. And I just, it was hard. It wasn't easy. Right. So I just completely redid my system. And now it's one button, everything's on. I can, one button I can change between my record player, CD player, Bluetooth for my phone. Like, and I listen to something every day now. Yeah, it's, I just I'm just, I can just turn it on. Well, remember when we first got the little Google thing here, and it was like, "Hey Google, play Horace Silver." Yeah, and then, you know, it wasn't the best sound quality, but hey, we were not listening, listening to, music. to us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I love too in the yeah oh and one other thing I'll say about Atomic Habits and James Clear, if you want to get a taste, if you want to sort of get a taste for James's concepts and stuff, and aren't ready to jump into reading at least the first eight chapters of the book, as Adam advises, check out James Clear his newsletter yeah which is excellent it comes out on thursdays Before i believe i've been yeah thing. i've actually been w- reading that before i even got the book um but you can sign up at jamesclear.com and it's it's a really i know everybody's inundated with newsletters but this is one that i always find myself like saving or coming back to or paying attention to it's, it's one that's a nice little delight in the inbox as we shall say Awesome. So, so the uh, other one that was mentioned in the question i realized i read this years ago but i'm trying to think how long um which is angela duckworth's grit i it had to because my kids were young and at their school the head of the school um tom was like he did such a great thing in that he read this book and got so excited about it and really 
actually infused the elementary school, great place called New City School in St. Louis. He infused the curriculum um, with, he had made all the teachers read it one summer and like really got the concept going and invited parents to read it. It wasn't like the kids reading it, but the concepts for teaching the kids really came out of that. And grit that yeah, I was trying to remember the, the subtitle, the power and passion of perseverance. It's such a wonderful, just, just, I, I love that. I want to go back and reread that now here. Can about I tell you a true story about grit? I've, yeah. I've read it, but I've, I've read it about two years after I bought it. Uh huh. And I read the first 10 pages the day I bought it. And then I was just like, eh, and I couldn't get back to it. I couldn't. Oh, I really? couldn't persevere. You didn't have the grit. grit. You didn't have I the know. grit. <laughs> it just sat getting dusty on my bookshelf for oh, yeah. years. Then I finally read it. It was great. Yeah. yeah, it's a great book, man. One that we've been using here at Open Studio is uh, a book by two uh, psychologists from right here at Washington University in St. Louis called "Make It Stick." Uh, it's all about the science of successful learning. It's by. Hold on, I got it right here. I got it right here. It's by Peter C. Brown and Henry Rodinger. It is amazing for uh, really laying out in a clear, uh, easy to understand way a lot of the latest research on how our minds work for learning things. Mm. And some of the conventional wisdom about learning things is is not the optimal way for learning and actually making things stick. It is unbelievable. For instance, um, we we tend to lean on mass practice, right? Which is mm-hmm. where we practice the same thing over and over and over and over again. This actually just stores that information in our short-term memory. A much mm-hmm. more effective way is what's called interleaved practice, where you practice something for a little bit, then you practice another thing for a little bit, then you practice another thing for a little bit, and then you practice another thing for a little bit maybe, and then you go back to the first thing, and then you go back to the second thing. And it's, you kind of like are are shuffling through mm. all of these different ideas, forgetting the information a little bit and having to recall it. That's actually what makes things stick. It, it turns out. And so uh, he's got the, 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 these, these guys have these great statistics and studies in the last 20 years, 15, 20 years, this all has kind of come to light about ways to make things stick that are kind of untraditional. Also varied practice. So, you know, we play our C major scale. Okay, cool. Maybe we play it tomorrow, but instead of doing that, we play it starting on E. We vary how we do things each time. Wouldn't that be an E Phrygian scale? It, it, it could be, but we could think about it maybe in tens. There we go. You know, so the the point, though, is we don't do the same thing the same way so that we... it Basically, learning things, we need to make it hard on ourselves. We need right. to make sure that we're above our comfort zone. We need to, need to make sure that we're not just playing things out of our short-term memory, but having to recall some very complex systems, and it makes it stick a lot harder. There's a lot of great stuff in this book for for things that can actually change your life as far as getting the most out of your Are you saying it's a game changer? It is a game changer. It's a life changer. So that's, I mean, that's kind of, uh, you know, we love the creative scale practice uh, concept that we use here at Open Studio a lot. That's sort of along those lines, right? You could definitely use it in conjunction with yeah. as a way to practice the creative scale practice for sure. So one that I just started reading uh, was given to me by my my running coach. Uh, it's called peak performance. Look at you with your running. Coach. No, you know what? We're gonna have a whole another episode on that. Get a coach. Get a coach. Get get an Adam Manis if, if you want. Sure. Yeah, get a teacher. Yeah. Um, don't feel like you have to be at a pro level or whatever. It's a game changer. Um, I'm thinking about getting a chess coach. What do you think about that? Because that could really? be anywhere. Yeah, dude, we have the best chess coaches in the in the world right exactly. here in St. Louis, Missouri. That's right. This yeah. is the chess capital. It is. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, peak performance. Elevate your Shout game. Shout out to Moscow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, known as the number two. Cat. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, because all the Russian good players are here now. I know, yeah, yeah. Um, so peak performance. Elevate your game. Avoid burnout and thrive with the new science of success. Now, this is by Steve Magnus and a guy named Brad Stolberg. Steve Magnus is like a legendary running coach, University of Houston, and cross country distance running and everything. Like he's he, he's just like. He's like he's like the Greg Popovich of, of running coaches, mm-hmm. but this book is, and I'm only about a third of the way through, so I don't want to get go too far into it um, in case it changes. <laughs> like I'm like it's all about this. Oh, you dummy! Only in the first third. But one thing I've already gotten from this is huge, and I've I've, I've started thinking about how to apply it to music and realize I already was. And their concept for peak performance, and it it's certainly. Uh, because Steve Magus, especially with running and the other guy talking about it in terms of athletics a lot, um, but they have a lot of applications in um, just like intellectual pursuits and ac- academia, um, political, business world, whatever. But the idea of like peak performance that you have to be operating and practicing at that top level at all times is actually not the case. And they, they single out, um, well, they, they talk about different athletes and like the level that you train at and this whole idea of like, no pain, no gain. And you think about like an elite level marathon or they're out there putting in heavy miles at fast pace. That's actually not true. Like they kind of break things down and you look at like a lot of top runners and you know, a lot of this stuff's kind of proprietary because a lot of them don't like to share how they're training. But now with social media and Strava and stuff, you're actually seeing how a lot of them are training and they're not hitting those like four minute mile times. They're doing that very little. They're doing a lot of training at like 70, 80% effort. Nice. Um, and then they're doing about, um, or I should say, they're doing about 70 to 80% of their training at a much lower, I'm sorry, I messed that up, at a much lower pace and effort level. They're putting in the miles, but they're doing a lot slower for the running thing. And then about 20% of the time, they're doing, they're really pushing VO2 maxes, you know, thresholds, these kind of runs. But only about 20%, you know, wow. your typical thing. But if you think about the way an NBA player trains, an MLB pitcher, they're not out there throwing 97 miles when they're practicing. I mean, think about it. They're only pitching every four or five five days yeah yeah or if you're in the cardinals now you're only pitching every two weeks because they're not playing no but you you know when they're warming up like think about the number of of throws the number of times a a major league baseball player player throws a ball in a week it's probably a very small percentage at their top speed or with the curve and all that so i was thinking about i'm already getting some great applications for music from this because if you think about how we practice and we talk about how do you learn how to play fast and stuff you're, you're spending very little time actually playing fast you're doing everything in slow motion building up your thing and letting the adrenaline of the moment come and that's it's how you true, avoid actually. burnout that's how you avoid um injury you know and even for for playing the piano and playing different instruments you can injure yourself if you are always going at maximum peak you know peak level so i'm really intrigued by this book more to come that's amazing yeah uh, so a book that I've read in the last couple of months that has, has really opened my eyes to what it means to grow and what it means to like work towards growth in all areas of my life, music included, is a book by a psychologist named Scott Barry Kaufman called Transcend. And this, mm. he's kind of like a Abraham Maslow expert, this guy, mm. you know, Maslow's hierarchy of yeah. needs. And so he has all this great literature from the end of Maslow's life and where Maslow ended up on the hierarchy of needs. And really was above, uh, you know, becoming self-actualized, which is sort of the Maslow cliche, but really become, becoming a transcendent person. Um, and it, it's super cool. Like uh, this Scott Barry Kaufman, the psychologist, just breaks it down in a very easy way and friendly way to understand. He's a great teacher, great writer. 
And he's, he changed like the traditional Maslow pyramid of the hierarchy of needs. He says mm-hmm. Maslow never actually wrote uh, the, the hierarchy of needs as a pyramid shape. That was kind of done later by some, some marketing guys or whatever. But he's got this little sailboat for the hierarchy of needs. If you don't know about the hierarchy of needs, it's basically like we have base needs that need to be met before we can get to sort of the more transcendent self-actualized needs. So like it starts off the, the beginning, like safety and security, right? That's, we got to have like basic food and water and a shelter and, and not be worried about dying. And that's like the first need that, be, that can be met. Then connection, right? Actually like connecting with other people, right? That's got to be met. And then uh, some self-esteem and some esteem, right? Feeling good about ourselves, a little confidence, that that he puts is like the base of the sailboat mm. uh, uh, shape of the hierarchy of needs. That's like the just keeping us afloat mm. as people, right? That once we have like our safety, our connection, our self esteem, then we're like we're floating, we're all good. Right. After that, then the sail. What really makes us grow are things like exploration, right? Love and purpose, and that's sort of all pointing towards transcendence. It sounds like a very uh, wishy washy thing. There's a, he's got so much great data to back all of this up. A lot of amazing studies, a lot of really cool, you know, there's, this is the thing with these, with these tech bro self-help books, man, right. is that they're all backed up by science. Like oh, they've yeah, got a they lot of be. science on all this, you right? You get there's, bludgeoned in Palo Alto. Exactly. There's not. no feeling your way through this. There's a no. lot of great data on all this. So transcend is the name of the book. I can't recommend that enough. It was really just as far as if you want to grow at anything, yeah. music or any, anything else, it's really amazing. Great stuff. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to throw one more because I see it sitting over there and then we're going to get out of here. And that is probably the most influential book for uh, for me and kind of the, the genesis. Well, around the time that Open Studio, we were starting it. And that's The Lean Startup by Eric Reese. Oh, right on. Um, and as I read that. As you can get. Yeah, I know. It's like, so this is like, this is more like a manual for business building than self-help in a lot of ways. Uh, but I also think it's it's just a brilliant book. I think it's great for anybody that wants to build any kind of business. That could be your personal brand. That could be uh, a nonprofit. That could be uh, a billion dollar business. But it also has some great, app, uh, in, in, you know, building a band and and scaling that out and things like that. And like career. what you've done with yeah, your yeah. band, yeah, career. Like there's so many great applications. It's definitely a business book, um, but it's a great book too that really gets you into the mode of like gets you out of the mode of thinking every single idea you have is so precious that it has to be like planned out and funded and tested double blind tested before it can go out into the world. It's just like, get something out there, Yeah, you know, stay lean and like, and I'm really appreciate the time podcast, when you're small and what's that? That might be obvious because of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but I mean that, and it kind of led to things like this when we're like, For okay, sure. let's do a podcast. We're going to get it out t- tomorrow. Yeah. Just let's do just it. See if it works. Or just not. do it. Before yeah, yeah. we waste a bunch of time and nobody likes it. And they're sending us angry blues inspired letters. Can and we have nice things? Can we have nice things yeah. so uh anyway yeah lean startup og og well uh S- scott uh sent this question in thank you scott great question and yeah, you know we can come back to this every few months man grit is great i'm gonna go back and reread that thank grit you is great that. yeah I'll, I'll try to get past and grits are great too grits are also organic great. non-gmo big shout out to monsanto and bear <laughs> thanks for messing up our crops <laughs> until next time you'll hear it